0: Today on One Mic, it's about greatness, greatness on One Mic today. There's a lot of debate going on about that. Now, you know Hank and I can take this thing all over the place, but you need to stay tuned. We're going to be talking about the characteristics of greatness and how that comes together. It's not going to be a normal debate. Stay tuned here on RSG
1: One Mic. Lot, 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 radio. This thing right here is
2: for my people in the streets. Yes, yes, today. Yes, yes, today. You know, as we start to show this one, mic we go. And there There is a pause.
1: Throughout the stadium, as this man sounds like he just coughs up a lung They're looking around, the jumbo rod shows and pans the cheerleaders And as it glows down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter Which at this particular time, destroys half the stadium The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened that this guy needs uh, CPR or something,
2: and at that particular time, I lost it to <laughs> bond Yes, yes, yes. Today, lost you know, are this one might Phoenix is another place. They got a great uh, training staff. I mean, they, they were able to breathe life back into shack. I
1: and mean,
2: you can do that. I mean, people talk a lot about their <laughs> training staff.
1: Lock, lock, lock.
2: Yes, yes, today. You know, as we start this show, this one mic.
0: All right, welcome to RSG One Mike. This is a show where we dig deep in the topics where we take a topic deep, we twist it up, we spit it up, we we push it out. Sometimes it might feel like a seminar. We 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 might we're gonna offer things about a topic that you normally don't hear on other platforms. So we will be pushing it deep. And today we're gonna to talk about greatness. There's been a lot of debate recently about LeBron and Jordan. And, and, and folks coming at it from all these different angles to talk about where LeBron places in terms of the ranking in history, but it really this debate gets about you know people's different view about what they feel greatness is in terms of who they value in any of these debates and arguments. And so we want to turn back the curtain a little bit. My name is Devon Wilson. You know I'm I'm, I'm pushing this RSG kind of thing, the founder of Real Sports Guys. Um, always got to send a shout out to my some my guys Phil and uh, uh, and Marcus and uh, and everyone who's all been supportive on the, on this platform building it forward and all, all you folks who listen and give us feedback uh, but I do this journey on one mic with my guy Hank you know we call him big bang Hank Hank Davis the man the myth the legend uh, who uh drops it for us on inside the park y'all pay attention to that to that platform uh, where uh, it's uh hitting you with baseball from a different angle so Hank what's up man how you doing
3: yeah, I'm doing fine, D. I want to take this opportunity to wish our listeners a very happy uh, Memorial Day. You know, Memorial Day is usually the uh, unofficial start of the summer. You know, I wish you all, you know, a, a great Memorial Day weekend. But I also want to take the time to say, remember what this is all about. While well, there's going to be a lot of barbecuing and a lot of and going on out there, remember those fallen heroes. That this, that this holiday is really meant for. And it's just been a little time to kinda reflect upon that. I know the military really has touched each and every uh, person out there uh, that's listening. So take a moment to reflect upon that as you go out there and you try to enjoy your holiday weekend.
0: And I and I, and I want to share that with you, uh, uh, those sentiments, in terms of uh, all the folks who've sacrificed for us to have the space Uh, to be able to live the lives the way we like to live our lives. And and when we talk about greatness, those are some of the greatest sacrifices, uh, shows of greatness um, uh, that you can find. And many of those great people go unnamed, unnoticed, um, and unseen who have helped us to to maintain uh, democracy and opportunities that we've had here. So as usual, our our elder statesman on uh, on RSG, uh, Hank Davis, has hit it right out the park again. Thank you, brother, for reminding us. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, so we're going to talk about greatness today, Hank. You know, and and, and you, you know, you, you're a fan of a lot of different sports, but when RSG, you spent a lot of your time uh, talking a lot of baseball. And this is a debate that always happens in in baseball uh, uh, when talking about greatness and rankings and who's what greatest pitcher or whatever it is. It's a debate that often happens. Uh, in the sport, so I, I know that you're well poised uh, to to have this this, this discussion uh, uh, around that, um, and uh, I, I'm loving to hear your perspectives as we we move through the show, um, talking about this whole idea of greatness. And we'll spend a little bit more time because we're in the season of the NBA playoffs. You know, talking about LeBron and Jordan, uh, Michael Jordan, in terms of that debate that's being having, given that LeBron is entering his you know seventh straight straight finals. Um, and uh, is really beginning to push into this other space. But his pathway here was much different than Jordan. Um, but could that be anything less in terms of defining him as a great person and a uh, great player in rankings? But, that, but you know, you see, start to see some of the generational things come into it um, in terms of who put positions, where they position themselves. And also, there's some names who have been left out, you know, that Jordan has kind of been given a stamp. But when you think about some of the folks like Kareem, and some like you really analyze a career like Kareem's, who won what six championships, uh, won what uh, what three in in college, I think four in high school. Then when you are talking about greatness, right, and who had that from who had that expectation from the time he was in high school all the way through his professional life, I think Kareem is sometimes a forgotten person when it comes about the greatest basketball players of all time. And so, you know, how do we talk about greatness? And I think that's something that um, I want to get into, but I want to get to just some initial thoughts, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna start with an article that I was reading to really frame this in a different way, um, or at least to help us walk through this. Uh, but I want to get some of your initial thoughts.
3: Well, you know, let me tell you, I this is one of those debates that will never die, D. And you know, and and it can go in so many different ways, and and people have different criteria, and they always have different ways of defining greatness. And that's really why this is one of those sort of topics that can just go on and on and on. And the more you talk about it, you know, the more you try to really uh, tie down and tamp down the criteria, you find yourself, you know, adding other people and other names or other teams depending upon what you're talking about as far as greatness. And so for me, I, you know, I can't – when I think about greatness, when I think about what really defines great – Okay, that to me is just something that transcends trans- generations, something that you, you may not ever see before or ever see again, okay, based upon what that individual or what that individual or that team has done to, to put themselves into that category of greatness. Where we always start to make the mistake, though, is we try to say what's great in the picture frame or in the time frame that we're in right now. And we try to say, well, this has never been done before. And then we always make the mistake of saying, well, if this individual played there, they would have done there. If that individual would have played here, they would have done that. I really want, well, as we start to talk about this, let's really break that down a little bit, because I've really been thinking about this. You know, this is one of those things since uh, LeBron has achieved, you know, his his goal, his milestone of surpassing Michael Jordan as far as scoring. What does that really mean? And what does that really mean in in the entire framework, and I got a whole lot to say about that, you know. And mm-hmm. I don't want to give it all away right now, but I got a whole lot to say about
0: that. See, I, I, this is why this is why I knew. I knew. I said, well, I said, I said, what, I said, because this is hot. I said, you know, uh, the great thing about the real sports guys, is we are real sports guys. Like we are guys who hold down full time jobs, very demanding careers. Yet we have such a passion for this, uh, on top of. You know, we we, we have uh, families, we have all these things, but we this is something that we really love. And I knew this was a topic that wouldn't require uh, that much preparation because, I, I, as I told uh, uh, Hank uh, before we got on, I said this is something we talk about all the time. And what's crazy about it is, I'm gonna say this one debate, and you'll say that this was a, this is a fierce debate. You remember when cats was sitting around arguing about who was who's the greatest between? Uh, Prince and Michael Jackson, right? So the the both, the, that was the most. I mean, people people think some of these force arguments are, are fierce. That one, I mean, when you done, you think you was talking to some cats who are like PhD scholars and ethnomusicology and a whole bunch of other stuff. The, the way they argue for depending on if they want to be on Michael's side or, or or they're on Prince's side. So this this idea of you know this need for and particularly. um, in Western culture and, and part of Americans' culture and pastime, the, the 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 need to be able to uh, uh, define whether or not um, someone was great, you know what I'm saying? That is, like, a, a very important uh, part of it. But but having said that, I was reading this article uh, I, 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 and doing a little bit of research on it. This was from 2014. Uh, but it was an article uh, that kind of brought back um, – Uh, There's this great American journalist named uh, Don Yeager, um, who has been recognized as not only in in, in sports journalism, but also been a business coach, kind of this really and and really has uh, has an interest um, in really understanding greatness. I I think uh, famously uh, beat uh, Jordan in a, a on the spot kind of shooting contest. Uh, very competitive, but had a chance to really uh, uh, engage on this topic, actually wrote a book uh, called Greatness, uh, The 16 Core Characteristics, um, Business and Sports Champions Share. And I want to just go through the the, the 16 core things to kind of put some context into, because a lot of times I'm often trying to contextualize a little bit more, because I think uh, you hit into some of this uh, in your opening remarks. And so let me—it's kind of themed out for this article's sake, but let me let me just lay this out. So, in, kind of under a category, of how they think. His first point in there is it's always personal. The second point is they rub elbows with the best. You know, they understand the power of association under that, right? They believe in a higher power. Um, that kind of content, kind of carries their kind of internal kind of spiritual belief that they, they kind of have this faith-based approach. Uh, they have an contagious enthusiasm uh, that, 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 that rubs off on people around them. And then under how they prepare, they hope for the best, but they prepare for all outcomes. They always prepare, even off-season. They visualize victory. They have a strong inner fire, how they work, they have ice in their veins, they adjust on the fly, they are the ultimate teammates, they are motivated by more than money, how they live, they embody the principles of do unto others, they are heroes when no one is watching, they are excellent role models when everyone is watching. They know the record. They know that records, including your own, are made to be broken. So he did a, you know, so you captured all that. Like he really started to approach this, and this is from um, distilling interviews across all of these folks who are identified as being great. And so that kind of gives you a sense of an approach when we have these these discussions um, to kind of contextualize what greatness is a lot of times people are just you know in basketball you know they um you know if you if you if you scored 37 points a game then that's the trump of greatness because you scored, you know as if there weren't all the variables that required uh for you to win a championship and so i think what i, I want to kind of bring that in to the to the to the, the conversation there's some really interesting points that were being described and this was from you know you know interviewing people like michael jordan to 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 whoever uh John wooden to engaging in all of these folks who are who are great across um multiple areas um and and I think the reason why I raise this this is less even for Jordan, but I think it's the part that's most misunderstood about lebron <laughs> so to me some of these things uh p- could provide some insight into how you can evaluate LeBron's greatness versus Jordan's greatness in a way that doesn't, doesn't um, uh, diminish either one of their greatness. Yeah, and I think that's an important way to approach this conversation. So I just wanted to lay that out early. I know it's a lot, I and mean, I know Hank has a lot to kind of contribute to that discussion. And so having said that, Hank, i got some things out there. Is it a you sound know, approach? Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, no, go
1: ahead. Go ahead. Because
0: getting back to your point, given what I just talked about, is is, is it sound to start to define greatness across generations, or should we be thinking generationally to to give people context? Right. You know, I think I think that's the hardest thing, even in basketball. I think less probably in baseball. But is that one of the sticky points that we struggle with? Is there's this need to make these generational leaps around greatness, and people less worried about just defining somebody's greatness within their
3: generation. Let me let me let me answer it this way. You 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 started off talking about the debate between Michael Jackson and Prince, and you're right. You didn't fall in the middle on that. You know, back in the day, either you liked one or you liked the other. And and anybody that'll tell you going forward that they both were great, they were both phenomenal, and they both transcended generations. Okay, their music, what they did. Uh, the story uh transcended generation, and as far as uh, what they meant to the music industry, both of those artists were great. now, you're absolutely right when you say that is it is it important for a generation to have a great one that they can fall back on It is no one wants to have a generation where it's like, okay, we don't have any greatness here so is, is that a is that a personal uh, bias I could say absolutely right it is but where we where we start to fall apart is you mentioned a, a, a LeBron James and on its own and what he's done just simply on the numbers or as if you want to call it the x's and O's seven straight trips to the finals uh tra- you know uh, surpassing Michael Jordan's uh, scoring record you know just being the most dominant player you know in the sport, on its own, defines greatness. It defines greatness as him as an individual athlete, as an individual specimen of the sport in the NBA as it is today and as it stands today. And anyone that wants to uh, argue that, uh, they're going to have a tough time. Okay, that alone defines greatness because that is great. Okay, where you we start really falling into debate, is when you start, is that the greatest of all time, or is that just greatness in the greatness bucket, you know? And there is and there is a difference there. And you're absolutely right when you say, yeah, everybody knows that a record is is meant to be broken, and to break a record that is already being defined as a great record or a great accomplishment um, is 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 in itself greatness. But what we're talking about here is not just records. We're talking about more than just records. We're talking about More. it's, It's the entire individual or it's the entire team, all right, where you're going to be talking about a LeBron James 10, 15, 20 years from now, okay, and all of his accomplishments and how he did it. You're talking about Michael Jordan here in 2017 and how many years ago has it been since Michael Jordan has been relevant on the basketball court. When you talk about murderers' row, if you will, when you're talking about the 1927 Yankees, yeah, the 27 Yankees, well over 90 years ago, okay, a team with Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, teams like that 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 absolutely defined the sport. Talk about a Tom Brady, okay, individually, okay, going to six Super Bowls, it defines the sport. All right, it defines everything about the sport. Those sort of things right there that goes out and beyond just a magnificent performance or a magnificent career, all right, is what what I think should define greatness. Now, what we want to do, what we see every time is great performances. We see phenomenal careers, okay, and you can throw everybody's name out there. Okay, you can define, but but where does that transcend the sport? Does it go beyond that? And this is where you were talking about, about these criteria. Does it go beyond the sport that they're playing? Does it go beyond, it, does it become national news, if you will? Do you have people who are not even fans of the sport, you know, as Muhammad Ali? You had a lot of people who were not boxing fans, but understood Muhammad Ali and what he stood for. Okay. So while he was a a had a, a phenomenal career as a boxer, Muhammad Ali lost some fights. But Muhammad Ali is known as the greatest of all time because of what he did outside of his sport and how he, you know, became more mainstream. That's what you saw with Michael Jordan. That's what you see with LeBron James. That's what you see with a lot of great individual great individual greatness. It becomes a little bit more um you know, hard to define when you're talking about teams, unless you're talking about some teams now that you, you talk about the Showtime Lakers. Okay, those teams like that that they became so good that they be, they became their own brand. That what happens is you start having people buy Laker jerseys and that sort of thing. That has nothing to do with basketball. It's because of the Showtime label. But they became championship. They they transcended the sport. They become mainstream. All right. And not that mainstream makes you great. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of things out there that's mainstream that's not great. But when you're good, when you're beyond good, when you exceed, you know, what is done in a in a bubble, then that's where we start that that is where you have to really start with your greatness conversation. And then the the what ifs, because what you always hear, D is well, you know, if so and so played in this generation, then they couldn't have done that. Well if so and so played in that generation, they couldn't have done that. Then not does then they're not great. Because uh Michael Jordan should be able to play in twenty seventeen. Uh um uh, LeBron James should be able to play in the early eighties and still be a great player. You're not gonna sit here and tell me that Michael Jordan couldn't play now and not dominate. You can't tell me that LeBron James with the way he's built could not dominate back in the 80s. That defines greatness, okay? And then when you are able to do it over a period of time and you're still the man, and you're still the woman, and you're still the team, that to me, and, and, and that's that team that you have to measure an entire sport, an entire whatever that is by, even in the business industry, if you got to measure everything based upon this criteria, that to me defines greatness.
0: I, I think you're. I, I think you're, hit, you're hitting on it, you know, because you know, even you know when I when I think about um, some of the generational things arguments that people have, you know, one of the things, and I hear a lot of people, some people starting to introduce this, but we've been talking about it in the air a little bit, you know. I think Jordan and uh, LeBron's generations are closer in terms of there there isn't a big gap. I don't think. In terms of which, what you say, kind of athleticism generated by training, you know, um, I don't. There's a, there might be gaps, but there's not that big of gap. I think where you see the gap is, um, you'll see LeBron probably doing this for a longer, sustained period of time because of just more that they know about how to prepare and do all that But there's not that big a gap. I don't think between uh, where Jordan was and in some of those. I, it's not as big of a gap. But in some areas, there might be. And part of, like, when people talk about Jim Brown, you also got to consider Jim Brown in 2017 with the nutrition and training, the, all the other things, and everything else he was able to do. You know, now you, you have to put that in context. And so I think part of the, con- the hard part about the conversation about greatness is not putting it into context. I hear people talking about, you know, Jordan being clutch and LeBron being, not being clutch. And I, I'm like, well, I watched a lot of those things, and Jordan was clutch. There was a lot of people who hit shots in the end. Paxson, <laughs> Kerr, Hodges. There's some guys who, when you look at down the stretch, where Jordan, Jordan began to understand, he gave up. But if you look at a lot of those game winners, they weren't always hit by Jordan. You know, you look at those six championships, you see some shots that were key shots hit by somebody like a Steve Kerr, you know, by by Paxson. And so we don't ever contextualize some of these things in – and, and break them down because of just the things you said before you know if you on that side you on that side you like you like you think you the Johnny Cocker for Jordan or you the Johnny Cochran for uh for LeBron James you know what I'm saying you're not you're not coming to the table contextualizing it in a way that can nuance a little bit the role of teammates you know I think people don't um, when you think about even LeBron in his early career you know he was you know he was sustaining like he took he took cats like Jordan was playing and they went to the finals. So at the same time, Jordan had some losses early on that don't get put into the equation. You and I growing up in Michigan saw it. We saw how hard it was for him to get past the Pistons. His losses right. early on. You know, LeBron was so young; he got into these spaces. He played against the San Antonio Spurs when he was a youngster with hardly anybody. But you expect him to be the San Antonio Spurs.
1: You know, so mm-hmm. people don't
0: contextualize it. By the time Jordan got to those championships, he had he had lost enough, and he was more mature, and he had many more weapons. And so people don't really think about, you know, how people became great. You know what I'm saying? That, that it wasn't – there was a whole bunch of other pieces in there that people don't um, allow to happen. If Rick Mahorn doesn't go to Minnesota, what does that mean for Jordan and them? Exactly. That breaks up the bad boys. Right. Right. He he was having trouble. So Rick Mahorn doesn't go to Minnesota. That group of folks stay together uh, in a way for another year or two. What does that mean? So it's a lot of pieces here that people don't really bring into the to the to the conversation when we're talking about greatness. You can't like you said, you can't get to the to the realities of it. You can't break it down um, in a way. And if you go back to the article and think about those elements of greatness. You know LeBron is examining a, on a number of those things. Jordan might be deficient in some of those areas, but but was excellent in others. <laughs> We're talking about killer, at <laughs> you take no prisoners, ice water in your vein kind of thing. You know he was excellent in those areas, and so it's kind of like what do you place value on as well becomes part of this kind of greatness uh, thing. Like what do you play place value on in those moments? You know you talked about LeBron taking uh, passing Jordan in terms of uh, 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 points in the playoffs, you know, doing it in fewer shots. But that's just, you know, he's, le- he's more like Magic than he is Jordan. You know what I'm saying? He describes himself as a facilitator. Jordan describes himself, you know, as just probably a straight score. So what's valued in that, I think, is another part about those variables that are valued are really important and how you contextualize it. That's my biggest pushback against this kind of um, uh, analytics generation is, you know, the kind of the quantitative guys have won. But anybody who understands, who, who are very aware of the debates around research, you know, part of the problem is none of this stuff around analytics equals causation. And so what happens is, and, and we use these analytics to define greatness, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to contextualize every piece of data you use. And I think part of the part that just frustrates me a lot when I hear people making some of these arguments is none of it comes with context. It's like, once you put the number out there, the number has to mean something in context. And none of that happens in this world of analytics. It's just like, because I put it, you know, uh, win shares and all this stuff, you know, I had the biggest argument with uh, Game Changers around Isaiah. And his end, win shares were lower than uh, Joe Dumars. But, well, if you look at the elements of how they develop win shares, and you think about what Isaiah decided to do when he w- he went from averaging twenty five points a game to decide to win a championship. What, when shares and all these things he's gonna do. Don't talk about the conversations uh, in the locker room that give Joe the confidence to produce on the court. <laughs> the conversations in between the play when he's like, "We're gonna we really gonna push you and you go do it." You know all the other things of leadership that you put in your into your capacity to build a championship squad that sacrifice you. On the analytic side, so those are things. When we have these conversations about greatness, that's the stuff that I don't hear people unpacking.
3: Right, and you. So what, what kind of makes you makes you crazy about that is, and you make a valid point when you start talking about wind shares. When you start talking about fuzzy numbers, it drives me crazy because you know that's what baseball is getting into right now. You know, you, you hear the sabermetricians; they start using you know uh, stat numbers or stat. Titles like wins above replacement or war, and all of a sudden this is supposed to be the reason why you want to define a player's greatness. And I'll tell you in a a, a minute that's bunkish. That's that's crap. Okay, because in order to win championships, or if you make a team, you look at the you look at the Jordan's um, uh, Bulls, you look at the the Cavaliers, you look at when uh, the Heat, or you even look at. Uh, Magic, and the Lakers. Now, you could argue all day, every day. You can even look at Tim Duncan and the Spurs. You can argue all day, every day. There were some great players on those teams. And even Kobe Bryant. I want to leave nobody out. We can go all day and and, and do name dropping. But you can name players all day, every day. They had great players around him. They had great players around him. But listen, here's the piece uh, that people don't think about. Sometimes that greatness that comes individually – makes players around you great, okay, or makes players around you better. This is what Magic Johnson was good at doing, making the players around him better. This is what Jordan was able to do. Make the players around you better, and even LeBron James, especially last year. Make players around you better. Now you're finding out that you've got you a budding superstar in Kyrie Irving, okay, who had his coming out party last year in the finals. All right, all of a sudden, now you saw a lot of this – or during the regular season, but now all of a sudden, here come the playoffs and stuff. Now he's become an assassin on his own, right? All right? So these are the sort of things that we always want to say, yeah, but they had so and so. Yeah, you, you, they had Pippen. Yeah. And they have made other players. And I don't care what nobody says. Okay? If it wasn't for Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen is now a Hall of Famer. Period. Okay, I don't care what you say. You can also argue the fact that if it wasn't for Magic Johnson, that James Worthy is not a Hall of Famer. All right, on their own right, were they good players? Yeah, but they became Hall of Famers why? Because they played with greatness. All right, and you can say the same thing about Kyrie Irving, you know, and LeBron James. All right, these these are things that you say that that kind of get lost. Because everybody well, how many championships did they win? How many championships? Now, there's some great players out there that didn't win championships simply because either the position that they played or what happened was not allowed for them to make somebody else great. But these are the fuzzy numbers, as you stated, with LeBron James. And And I would be the first one to admit that I didn't care for LeBron James when he first came into the league, but it had nothing to do with his game. It had a lot to do with everything that happened off the court. But see, he has since tightened that up, okay, which has helped to define him to be a great player, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, because of how he has now redefined himself, rebranded himself off the floor, okay, on the floor now. He has he has shown himself to be a proven a, a proven leader when he came back to Cleveland, because when he was winning championships with Miami, people were saying, oh, he's just a tag on. Even though he had great final, even though he had great playoff series, he was just a tag on to Dwayne Wade's team. But once he took over, and won last year with Cleveland, that really helped to define who he is, and and, and on the floor, on the court and off the court. And you can't always use these numbers. And that, that and, and while people say, "Well, the numbers don't lie," no, they don't. But they also don't tell the whole truth. And when you come talking about what makes you a, a great, great player or a great team is leadership and those leadership qualities that makes other players make good players great or make, you know, decent players good. You know, you know the progression going up. And this is what LeBron's been able to do. This is what some of the other players that we've talked about were able to do. And it has a whole lot to do with number. It has a lot to do with the field and the leadership and what goes on off the court, what goes on off the court. And how do you manage, you know, your team? at that leader which which also helps to define that greatness.
0: Yeah, I think you know some good things. I was just looking at these characteristics and I think that's where I think when I talk about LeBron um, there's some areas where I think he's elite. When they talk about they always prepare even off season. I think he visualizes and if you talk about somebody who's changed his body or adjusted to his body and everything else to what he perceives he will need to do. Um, you, you know, he looks much slimmer now. He, his jump shot last year was uh, uh, in the finals was hurting him. His jump shot has been on uh, 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 during the playoffs. But the other thing is that I think he adjusts on the fly better than anybody I know. Like, his ability to, like, read he, – he, he, he equated himself to, like, a, uh, herself to, like, a Peyton Manning on the, on the court. His ability to see and adjust. You saw that in the finals uh, a little bit in terms of, of last year um, to kind of to get it. But I think the ultimate teammate, you know, I think, you know, he worked hard on his relationship. You can see the relationship between him and Kevin Love. Kevin Love, if they win this year, is going to be the key. But I think a lot of that is the confidence was built toward down the stretch last year and how Kevin Love has been brought along this year. You, Kevin Love is much more comfortable in these playoffs in terms of his role. Uh, he's finding his shots. But I think LeBron had a lot to do with that capacity building outside. And I say Jordan was the same way. You know, I think yeah. Jordan found ways to, yeah. to, 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 to challenge his teammates. But he's he's been uh, – he was uh, – uh, uh, people talk a lot about the kind of community stuff they created on planes and when they're traveling, you know, the, the environment uh, uh, around the team, you know, the fun, the cards, and all the other stuff that he created to have more of a community aspect to it. And some of that stuff that's not seen off the court, like you said, about the, that builds the capacity to be great, to challenge you in practice in, in a way that they, those players feel more challenged in practice than they ever will in the game and taking them to the limit because you know they're going to need to be that tough if they want to be able to win the championship. You know Magic was going at people in practice in a way that created a level of competition. You knew Zeke was doing that in practice. You knew Jordan was doing it. You know, you, you know that's that competitiveness in practice is, is is what builds a level of greatness on the court because the game becomes easier than practice, right? right? All those things that that have to be a part of the analysis is is it's what gets a Jr. Smith, who has been known as a scorer, to commit to switching himself to being a great defender, where he was covering Paul George and shutting Paul down. Right? You would never thought J.R. Smith was going to do that, but between <laughs> Between LeBron and Tyloo working with him, getting him change his focus, which will probably play off in the payoff in the finals. It's that kind of stuff to me that is part of that great that that great that greatness quotient that I think you're hitting on. Uh, that that really intrigues me that we don't we don't often get a chance to talk about because it's like six rings. That's all I'm going to say. Like and then you can't talk anymore.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, it's like okay, okay, right. So then too, so I just say so I, then, then, if it's rings, then it, then we should just go with then
3: it's
0: Bill Russell. You know, if, if that's what we're saying, then it's Bill Russell. Like, we just
3: might as well shut the, the whole conversation down. The problem with that, like, again, is that if it's only rings, I mean, you got a lot of guys that, you know, so you want a lot of – and then that's not take nothing away from Bill Russell. Bill Russell was in a great spot. And you can say, yeah, they were there, okay, and they can't win the championships unless they're there. You can make the same argument for – uh, a Tom Brady. You can make the same argument for a lot of players that won multiple championships. They were there. They were part of that team. They were an integral part of that team. Thus, they're great. But what else? You know, the argument that the thing about Bill Russell, for example, and we've just talked about it. Does his game? Does what he did? A Bob Cousy, what he did? Does that transcend generations? Or is it because they're great because they were the first to do it? Now that that's also a criteria. As well, yes. You know, they were the first to do it for that extended period of time. So, yeah, that does define a greatness. But what drives me crazy, D, more than anything else is when people <laughs> say, well, yeah, well, if Bob Cousy and if Bill Russell played in 2017, they wouldn't win all those championships. Well, I got news for you. If Bob Cousy and Bill Russell had the same training regimen, had all the, the, the amenities uh, that the players have right now, you never know. And see, no one That's ever right. makes that argument. You know, no one ever makes the argument for the old the old schoolers having the same abilities. Think about a Babe Ruth or a Lou Gehrig or a Willie Mays, okay? And I'm going baseball here because baseball, out of all the sports, baseball is one that has pretty much maintained its consistency, save hockey, all right? But I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a hockey aficionado. But I will tell you about baseball, that, that pretty much baseball is the same sport. It's been the same sport for well over 100-plus years, all right? And so you're going to have, outside of maybe a lowering or a raising, a lowering of, of the mound, pretty much it's the same game, all right? We know that in the 80s with basketball, that was a much more physical basketball game than we playing right now in 2017. You go to the hole, you're going to get your head taken off, all right? Whereas right now, People are going to let you go to the hold, they, they might give you an escort. That's my opinion. But my point is this: <laughs> getting back to this greatness thing, is that we don't make the argument for the old schoolers that if you gave them the same ability, that the, the same amenities, okay, the same uh, abilities to train you. Some of the guys back in the day still had full time jobs like you and I did, D, and then had mm. to play during the summer, okay. But give them the same amenities that they have today. You know, can you say that? Babe Ruth or Willie Mays or players like that in baseball, or or even some of the old schools, your Bill Russell's Bob Cousy, can you say without a doubt that they would not have thrived in that? I say absolutely right, they could, and and, and really get it done. Because you talk about a seven footer that could do what Bill Russell did, or my goodness, what uh, Wilt Chamberlain could have done. You know, so those are the sort of things you got to say if you if you gave everybody an equal playing field. Okay, of amenities, of everything else, what happened? Are they still great? That's a that's a, that's an argument you very rarely hear.
0: And, and what's interesting about this is, like, I, I love the way you ask this question about championships and stuff like that. So take somebody like Dan Marino. If we just talk about greatest quarterback and just quarterback skills and everything else, you could theoretically make an argument for Dan Marino and he didn't win a championship. Right, like when he, when, 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 if they're standing around and you're looking at them, you and I watched a lot of that. You would Montana, all them could be sitting there. You looking right at Marino, like he's he walks into the door and everybody else is looking at him, even if they got rings. And so, like that's the part where, when because winning requires a whole bunch of things. So for Montana, it also requires you have a Jerry Rice. Right, right. You have a bill. You know, it it, 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 you know it requires some other pieces, right? And you could argue that that if you if you had this quotient about who did more with what they had, you could argue that nobody did more with his stuff than than less than Dan Marino. And the only reason it was they were relevant is because he kept them relevant, even when he had a lot around him. Defense was terrible sometimes. Didn't always have the skill players, but he was always great, right? So. Like to what extent does that start playing a role in it? Like, what's the impact of other folks around you that position greatness? Should he be criticized because he didn't have Jerry Rice to throw to? But you know
3: what? Or you know, know what have... hurts. Do you know what hurts the Dan Marino argument now? Because that was a thing. I mean, for Dan Marino, they say he's the greatest quarterback to ever play and not win a championship. But I'm gonna tell you what killed the Dan Marino argument right now and it does and it's Tom Brady because Tom Brady you have to argue did not have any great players save uh, Randy Moss to throw to Gronkowski can't stay healthy and yet somehow over the course of the last couple of decades he's gone to six Super Bowls okay he's gone to six Super Bowls and, and he's won five of them what is, uh, four of them um, no five of them okay so he's gone to seven and he's won five that's the thing That's what makes this so difficult for the Dan Marino argument because it's like, what about that? So so are we talking numbers because he just threw the ball all the time or could he make the players around him great? And every time – Counter to that would be you also could argue that Brady
0: played in an era where they had the most um, relaxing of defensive uh, 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 rules. Right? I mean I love Brady, but Marino was playing at a time when you know, for most of his career where defensive backs could basically tackle you. So he mm-hmm. was going into tight windows. So you can also think of think of Marino's playing, uh we had we have a, a couple of offers. We did uh uh um looking at the strike but they put together an analysis. Uh I hope, I hope my guy Graham is listening to me. We need to get him on the show. But they redid uh, kind of this quarterback rating uh, based on times. It was a great formula they used, based on times, uh, based on changing uh, where the rules were. Um, great great approach to it. Um, and these rankings change in terms of how you look at um, uh, the, the way you do quarterback ratings. And so what I would say, I would say, but you also, the early part of Grady, the first couple was, you know, you can't take Belichick out of there. Defensively, what he was doing, I mean, they had elite defenses. Right, you you those New England defenses were elite. You, you you got I think you have to look hard to find how many elite defenses uh, Marino played with. Right, so in that time you had some elite defenses. You needed a Malcolm Butler interception to get one of them. You know you needed you needed some elite defensive play. So he had some elite defensive players. He might not had a lot of people on offense all the time, but he had some elite defensive players on the other side. Plus he was playing in the era where. You didn't have a person like Michael Haynes who could be all over your receivers. So I would say that if you put, and I'm not arguing for Brady, Brady was great, but I'm saying, what if you put, you put Marino in that context, you put Marino with uh, Belichick defense and him playing quarterback in that context, I think Marino kills it.
3: Yeah. I, you know what? And, and 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 again, that's not to take nothing away from Dan Marino. Way from Dan Brady. Marino had an amazing, amazing career. You know, but you you brought up something else too, uh, and, and and that's and that's coaches. And, and how do you define yes. that greatness? I say, like I say, we can go all over yes. the place. You know, because you you just mentioned the Belichick factor. You know, but 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 where does where does that where does that fall into place? You know, when it's, when you start talking about you know greatness of players and that and that individual commitment to be something greater than or be something better than than you you can really define. But the same can be said about the teams and the organizations that you're a part of yes. that that, that, yeah. that, trans- that absolutely transcends generations that, that to the point where your greatness actually garners hatred from from, from some fans because <laughs> you're doing it at such a consistent basis you know those yeah. sort of things. You know for example, I think Theo Epstein already is a great um, general manager in baseball simply because yeah. of what he's already accomplished. Okay, at such a quick time simply by, you know, uh, breaking the curses of two story franchises, the the Red Sox and the Cubs. He's already defined greatness there for me. But that's that's a whole different. That's a whole different conversation. How do you how do you absolutely And and maybe it's even an easier one to define that that level of greatness, like with coaches or executives. Well,
0: one thing I think you really have. So let's take one. Let's take let's take uh, let's take Montana. As great as he was, think about how great that organization was, and how they redefined how to run an organization. Like, think about the impact of Kerry Edwards in that space. Think about the work that they did for player development that was part of also um, a, 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 a or attracting free agents. Because you got to think about it. over that time, they also attracted Dion, right? They attracted some high-profile free agents, but they had this culture. Like when they used to go and do their camps, families used to come on those camps. You know, um, things that they did about continuing education, none of those guys who went on and got um, uh, uh, additional degrees, they had a culture of kind of this beyond the game kind of support in 49. So it was this good organization to be a part of, right? Mm-hmm. Think As you said, uh, in terms of sustaining greatness, think about the, uh, think about New England. Half the, the battle people get mad at is that, they analyze the rules and understand loo- loopholes and things much faster than everybody else does.
3: You know, exactly.
0: know what else you can do. They got an analysis of not how long they keep players, but when they let them go and who comes back and replaces like, and how that allows your star to continue to be great because you don't allow for too many lulls, Right. And they were willing to make decisions that most teams wouldn't be. So you, that organizational culture that supports greatness with, and understanding how to have innovation as rule changes happen to maintain greatness, you know, think about what LeBron did. LeBron came back, he did a series of what? All these one-year contracts. Part of that was keeping them honest, but it allowed for them to think about the money different, right? Like, right. all those things matter in terms of sustainability of greatness. Think about the way the Bulls, even though Jerry Krause, you know, often is, you know, you know, Bulls fans hate him and all this other stuff, But but think about it. If it weren't for half the Detroit Pistons coming to play for the Bulls, you think he got six?
3: Exactly. Exactly. You're absolutely right. So, but, that's, so, that, but again, but you have to have that, that 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 mindset. And when you look at, like I said, you can't help but look at like teams that's there all the time, all the time. Yeah. And and how does that continue to happen? You know, they're there and and they put together what you want to call a greatness you know maybe maybe may a greatness process i don't know but when you start seeing it's not just about money when you start seeing where you absolutely see that you know salary cap changes and this change and you can't sign for that and but your team is still always there you know that's that's an that's an amazing that that goes beyond just knowing uh you know the the x's and o's if you will of the business that goes beyond that and that to me is is absolutely phenomenal
0: Well, you listen to RSG One Mike. Uh, This is Devon Wilson and Hank Davis. Our topic today is Defining Greatness. Uh, uh, We're brought to you by Carbon World Health, your complete solution for fitness, health, and beauty. Go to CarbonWorldHealth.com to connect with Dr. Nestor Rodriguez and his staff to learn more about the lifestyle medicine. Tell them that RSG guys sent you. All right. As we said, we're talking about greatness, and we've gotten deep into this. This is a uh, been a great topic for us, you know. As we move into um, our uh, final segment of this uh, uh, talk, one of the things about One Mic, uh, I do want to say, uh, as you go support other podcasts on our platform, you know, this is the space where we're going to dig deep um, into a topic, and Hank and I are going to unpack it. There are times when we'll bring uh, a guest on. Um, Hank wasn't on with me last time, but if you have a chance, to look, uh, listen to our last One Mic episode. I want to thank. Um, uh, uh Dr. Richard McGregory, who's an economist and educator, we, we had this conversation about uh, the Ball family um, and really brought a different angle to that whole conversation in terms of their impact uh, or future impact on the way things are done in the NBA, particularly as it relates to shoes. And so we'll have topics like that where Hank and I will dig deep, and at times we might have a party with us, uh, expert to, to dig deep on this. And um, if anybody who knows Hank and is back on training He's gonna drop some dimes and some nuggets for you. And so that's why I always like doing these kind of things. Um, it expands my mind a little bit. But um, I think this is something we all fight for. We all think about. We all want to do whatever in our own. We always want. You know, many of us want to be great in our own right. Uh, but we always want. We're always odd when we see greatness. We always that performance. Um, I put a post if you follow me on all of my platforms. d Wils D W I L S um, uh, on Instagram, on Snapchat, on Facebook, on uh, Twitter. Um, I posted uh, on my Facebook page, I think I did it on, I think it must have been on, I think I, I do have it on uh, on uh, uh, Instagram, um, Isaiah uh, Isaiah's performance against the Lakers in game six, uh, the first time they went to the finals. And it was just the most amazing performance I've, I've ever had. And you know there's a moment, when you know that somebody's gone to another level, (laughs) right? There's that, you know, when Jordan scored 63, he had done a lot of things, but when he scored 63 in the Garden, I was like, okay, He, he turned the corner psychologically. He had gone to another space in time. There's moments like that. You know, for somebody like Magic, it was early on when he jumped center in Philadelphia against my Sixers, and I couldn't believe it. I just knew we were bringing that title home and did his thing. Early on you were like man this is this is ridiculous and so you know sometimes when you're seeing somebody great and then you put them and the way I frame this to really trying kind to of contextualize we we, we, we uh, a few years ago myself uh, and um, uh, Marcus and Phil on our big show and our big show if you haven't a chance to listen to that podcast it's kind of like uh, 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 a graduate seminar in the barbershop kind of funny if you really a couple topics if you want that kind of feel, you know, Hank will come in there with us. It's kind of graduate seminar in a barbershop. You know, you know, you, well, Hank, you know how when you get a barbershop, shop, you got a cat in there thinking he he got a PhD in everything, uh, right? And and, and 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 knows nothing. But but you you feel like you had just gone through a seminar. Um, but we did a ranking of our top fifty of all time. But I think at the end of the day, and we were similar in our top five. But at the end of the day, one of the things we started I started coining like who gets to get into the way I've gotten around this greatest one for me psychologically is who gets to get into the. A lot of folks are going to get into the building, into the club. But who gets to get into that small room in the back? Where there's only room at the table for maybe five or six? And then of that six, who gets the big piece of chicken? Like, they all going to eat, but there's somebody going to get the big piece of chicken at the end of the day. And in my previous ranking, I was like, you know, George going to get that big piece of chicken. Now we get to a point where we like, well, the chicken's in the middle of the table and a whole bunch of people looking at it. <laughs> And they slide it or who are they going to slide it down? But it contextualizes that we got a number of people in the room. And that's kind of how I've tried to reframe this greatness thing is that I think people can agree sometimes. You can get 80% of people to agree on, let's say the top six people, you know, and after that, I think people start to take on their own, but they'll say all six of those in the room for the most part, you can get most of your people to agree on that. And that's why I framed it that way. Um, and so, That's kind of how I've approached it. I think we've tried to get into those kind of things. And then you can argue, like I said, who gets the big piece of chicken in the room. Uh, But you don't argue, because sometimes we have these greatness arguments. Then It's almost some people feel like you argue whether or not they're in the room. And sometimes I hear the LeBron argument, even when I think people get mad and push back on it, I think people are feeling like LeBron isn't even in the room. But I'm arguing LeBron is all up in the room. Now, it's a question about where he's sitting in the room is one thing, but I think he's he, he was, for me, for a while until uh, the last year's championship, he was kind of at the door. Now he all up in the room. And, and now it's a question of where he's sitting in the room. You know, uh, does he get to set the agenda at the table? Is he part of that executive team in there? I think that's part of where I'm at. And I think I can see that across multiple sports. And that allows you to have more of a generational context in terms of cross-generational. That's why I can talk about Bill Russell in a way that's not going to be offensive to people who love Jordan does that make sense?
3: Right. Right, but 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 when you when you say LeBron, I think yeah. that it's, it's it's uh doing him a disservice. I I think a lot of people or or a lot of if you want to just call it his detractors, it had to be about okay, uh he's got to do it for himself. And mm-hmm. that was one thing he had about that they they couldn't say about Jordan. Jordan did it on his own. He stayed in Chicago. He won championships there, and once, and once LeBron did that, once he, I think he he brought a lot of people back on his side when he went back to Cleveland. Yes, and not only went back to Cleveland, but has won there. So he's also broken a curse for for Cleveland. Okay, for winning a championship there when it's been so long. You can not only is he in the room; he's right there at the front of the table. Okay, yeah. he's right there at the front of the table, and say what you will. You cannot deny the numbers. You cannot deny what he has done for the city of Cleveland. You cannot deny what he has done for his own image. Okay? And and he is a hard guy. I don't care who you are. He is a hard guy to dislike at this point. You may not be a Cleveland Cavalier fan. Okay? And a lot of folks will not like LeBron James because he wins, because he's there every year. Okay? But he's a hard guy if you are really paying attention uh, and you are a sports geek like you and I are. It's really going to be. It's really difficult to to dislike the man. You know what he puts on the floor and what he puts off the floor. Yeah,
0: you can't. And one of the things, you know, one of the things I I, I want to be able. to I, I love to be able to do a list. I'm, I'm gonna probably push you and, and maybe get Marcus and Phil on this list. When we're evaluating greatness, the other piece I want to put in there when we put our, our list of greatness in, is broader impact. Because I think, and this is true about Jordan in terms of the greatness wasn't just what he did on the court, but broader impact in terms of re- redefining not only what it meant to be an athlete in basketball, what it meant to be an athlete in terms of the intersection between athlete, being athletes and business. But what I I think LeBron is taking this, when you take, you take everything he's doing from his, the way he's leveraging his um, his brand to push social issues, to how he's redefining the role of athletes in business, some of the stuff they're doing in production. I mean, some of the stuff is so. If you had a chance to read some of the articles, I'm like, are just this is next level thinking to what he's doing with the Akron Promise. Like, n- not after he's gone, but as he's doing it. Like, this is almost, you know what I'm saying? It's As he's doing it, he still found a way to be great in his space but my, while maintaining his commitment to some of these larger issues and not falling away on any of that. And I think the reason why he can do it is b- because of the way he approaches basketball, that his, his belief in winning, and he talked about this, about, you know, um, what he hope he brings to the table is that, where people can see making the best pass, making the pass to the best shot is something that's acceptable, that you'll see kids making that extra whatever. But I think that's how – but, he, but he, 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 he believes in building capacity. He believes in not only building his capacity, but he believes in sharing that effort. And you can see that in his personal life and the way he's uh, worked with the guys around him since he's grown up to build their capacity and to be industry leaders in their own right in those things that that has changed so much. So I love to be able to talk about greatness in that context. Not, you know, not only being great, if you're in that room, but in that room, what's your broader generational impact as part of the quotient of evaluation? And I think we, we won't understand that, really understand that about LeBron for another 10, 15 years of how he's changed it, how he even changed the thinking of some of his cats in basketball in terms of how they set their game up from a business standpoint. I think that was part of the move for Kevin Durant to Golden State was the the opportunity to also be built into that infrastructure that's happening in Silicon Valley. I know Iggy Gallo and all those guys are, are are very much connected in those things and where they can have broader impacts. So I think there's a lot of this stuff that I think LeBron has been doing that other cats are seeing that is part of, of how I evaluate his greatness. And I would love to be able to do a list that is not just about once we understand what you did on the court, but also around your broader impact, how would we then set that list? I think I took I'm, that I'm deep, I? am yeah,
3: with you. <laughs> I, I, took, I, took one, I took that one way
0: down there. I, I, I took that one way down there. I'm still trying to come up from that one. But uh, I, I think we can really get into this. I'm hoping as we move forward and spin off on these conversations, this is one that, you and I will try and get at some different angles. We maybe we bring some cats in who might bring some different perspective on this. Um, uh, you know, maybe bring some analytics cats in. You know, uh, to to give us some of that stuff uh, as well. And, and as we start to dig a little bit in on this issue, uh, as we as we close out this uh, one mic around greatness. You know, Hank, I wasn't going to take the last word on this one, but I would like to have you do the closing mic because, you know. First of all, you know, as the, as the elder statesman on the group, I want I believe that you have a much broader uh, time on and vision over a lot of these things. You've seen a lot of games, you've seen a lot of people, uh, and uh, I think that will uh, really add context. But I love to have you kind of close out uh, our one mic around greatness and just and some general thoughts that can help us as we move forward in this discussion, or as people are beginning to watch LeBron this week and trying to figure out where to where to put him, or as they debate during these baseball seasons and all this stuff, things that can help people think about this in a way that can uh, capture it in w- what might be the right light.
3: Thank you. You know, I, when I, you, you, you always, you know, one thing, D, when we get to talking and having these conversations, you know, the light bulb just continues to go off you know, and continues to go off. I'm hearing some of the things that you've said and then the light bulb goes off again. Light bulb goes off again. You know, we're gonna have a real difficult time paying that electric bill off after these shows because the light bulb just keeps on going off. But <laughs> you but you but you brought up something, man, that that, that you know, the things that they keep on trying to get on LeBron James about and we are we've talked a lot about and we've kind of really made this basketball centric if you will because we are in the midst of the finals about to start. But the fact that he had went to Miami and then came back to Cleveland to try to really define his greatness, whether that was by plan or not, it has defined his greatness because he came back as a more mature man when he came back to Cleveland. But let's not be let's not forget that Shaquille O'Neal left Orlando to go to Los Angeles. Let's not forget that Kareem Abdul Jabbar left Milwaukee to go to Los Angeles and then was greater, than their, and their greatness was greater defined when they went to these other locations. I'm certain that there's other players that we could think about that have done the same things, and it has not diminished what we see that is greatness with those players. But what I really want to talk about, you know, to close this out, is that we are talking about something that 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years from now, you know, people fail to realize it's been well over twenty years since Michael Jordan has dawned the, the the court and yet he is still on the forefront of any basketball uh fan's mind. Okay. You talk about Jim Brown and, and what he did in, in, in uh in football. Okay, you talk about Barry Sanders. And just the God given talent that he had on the on the on the football field, okay, that defined greatness, you know, from a talent level. Then you start talking about greatness, or as you stated earlier in the show, elite status, where it transcends generations, where it transcends uh, numbers, when 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 it's more than that, it, when, where when you were uh, a, a boxing fan back in the day, that you couldn't wait. To see Muhammad Ali fight, okay, or what he did before the fight, or what he did afterwards, okay? These are the things that define this greatness. That while what they did on the floor was, or on the court, or on the field was great, but what happened after all that was done, when all was said and done? And did your awareness about that sport, about what surrounded it, what surrounded that individual, did that mean something to you? you know and these are the things now that we have to start to look at and as we start to really drill down what this greatness is okay there's always going to be great athletes okay that's what they train their entire lives for okay there's always going to be that but it has to go beyond that so that's what we that's what we have to look at when we start talking about this greatness and as we go on with this as we continue on with this what does that make sense to you okay and again we're going to always use some criteria that maybe you don't use all the time. Don't always give it to the, to the current players because they've had all the amenities and stuff. What if those old, uh, older players had these amenities? And what if these new players today didn't? That's what we're going to get into, and that's what's going to make this topic so fun to really try to stretch out.
0: All right. You listened to G one Mike. Today with our topic was Greatness. Uh, thank you all for hanging with us today. Look forward to kicking it with you on the next
1: episode. This thing right here is for my people
2: Yes, yes, today, yes, yes, today. You know, as we start this show, this one mic We
1: And then, <laughs> the stadium, there is a pause throughout the stadium as the man sounds like he just coughs up a lung. they looking around, the jumbo rod shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it glows down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter. Which at this particular time Destroys half the stadium The other half is still trying to figure out What the hell just happened Does this guy <laughs> need uh, CPR or something And then at that particular time I lost
2: it <laughs> Yes, yes, yes Today you know, I'm going to show this one Mike. Phoenix is another place They got a great uh, training staff The. They they were able to breathe life back into shack. And you can do
1: that.
2: You know, people talk a lot about this funny stuff. Yeah, today, you know, as we start this show, this one mic,